we can't say for sure. All we know is that whatever the cause of the phenomenon, it appears to have been abated by this new group of masked heroes. So apart from some dead birds, we seem to have... Titans are back, bitches! Woo! Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Undead Comic Crypt, where comics never die, the world's number one tribute to Comic Crypt. I'm your host, JB. I don't know if I've already said that, but I am just saying it anyway. This is a comic book cat podcast, uh, which you may have found on www.talknerdy.uk. We used to talk about comics much more in depth on the Talk Nerdy to Me podcast. However, that was when we had Chris on the show. But Chris left to do his own thing, Chris's Comics Podcast. Give them a listen. And if I talk about comics to Gaz, Gaz kind of goes, he kind of feigns an interest, but he'll never read any comics. He, he, he's, what was the last book he fucking read? Was it Swiss Family Robinson? He, he was bored, so he decided he'll finally read a book. So he picked up Swiss Family Robinson. Yeah, he, the, But the guy is an enigma. He's a mystery to everyone, especially me, his best mate. But I thought I would make a podcast where I can talk about comics, comic book news, and also give you a little window and a little peek behind the curtain of what happens at Talk No D to Me. How about that? So we begin with... The news, comic book news. So, James Tinian IV um, has been announced as being the writer, the new writer for Batman, taking over from Tom King, who only managed to... I think he's signing off on comic issue 87 or something like that. Not sure. Might want to research that. We don't have time here. Uh, and he tweeted recently, most recently of all, that... Here we are. So, James Tinian IV tweeted on Twitter, My priorities for 2020... Batman is an action horror book driven by exciting mystery. In every issue, I want to showcase key pieces of the mythos, from new vehicles to redefined key locations and your favourite Gotham villains. But the through line, first and foremost, is Bruce Wayne. There's a supporting cast to the book, defined by and playing off of the current continuity, but the central driving relationship of the series will be Bruce and Gotham City. Well, fuck yes. That's what the fuck I want. If you don't know who James Tinney in the fourth is... He has done quite a few stuff. Like, I mean, quite a few things, mostly with DC. Not not a long thing per se. The two longest things I can see he's worked on is uh, Batman Eternal, which, eh, like it's hard to judge off that because a lot of people kind of wrote Batman Eternal together, so it's hard to say. But most notably for me is Detective Comics uh, Rebirth, as I think I'm fairly certain. And I love that. And I've told Chris again and again, that's better than Batman. And he's like, no, Batman is the main run. It's the be it's better than Detective Comics. You're just saying that to sound cool. I said, no, it's fucking better. I buy both the books at the same time. I'm always more excited to read Detective Comics. I'm always more hyped when I read it. I'm always more disappointed when it's over. And it is noticeably, noticeably better than Batman on Tom King's run. Well, fuck you, Chris, because apparently DC agrees as well that James Tinian is better at writing Batman than Tom King. So, well done, James Tinian. I hate the fact you include fourth in your name. That's really fucking weird, and I almost feel like it's self... What's the word? Like, you're trying to make yourself sound more important than you are, but I will forgive you if you write a good Batman, which, by the sounds of it, you're going to. Next is Iron Man and Iron Heart are both ending... So, uh, Dan Slott's writing Iron Man. I don't know who writes Ironheart. I can't remember, actually. That's terrible of me. But they are both coming to an end. 
I think that's more than coincidence. I know some people have said like Dan Slot's run on Iron Man hasn't been the best. Uh, I don't think it's anything bad. Like it's more than passable. Like that that sounds terrible. Imagine like you know, well, how was he in bed? More than passable. It's not the greatest of reviews, but it's not the worst. It's not like he's not he's not doing an average comic. It's quite good. I bet you there's some people out there who actually really like it. That's just my opinion. But it's coming to an end, uh, which is really, I feel quite sad for the man because he's been gunning for Iron Man since he was writing Spider-Man, even making Spider-Man into Iron Man to show he can do it. Like trying to be Boris Johnson, hoping to be prime minister, trying to push his way into Downing Street, like chipping away at Theresa May's uh, crown, as it were, before finally getting in there himself. And just like Boris Johnson, it's not quite working out for him. That's the closest to politics you'll get on the show, by the way. I try and avoid it on the whole site. I'm not in any way saying anything good or bad about Boris Johnson, but that is a fairly accurate narrative, as it were. Um, but yeah, Iron Man and, Re and Ironheart both ending. Ironheart, from what I could read, because I don't read it, uh, from what I could see of people's reactions, was very people gutted that Ironheart's ending. So um, I have a feeling that this isn't coincidence maybe Dan Slott not doing a legendary run has kind of forced their hand a little quicker than maybe how they'd want to. I've heard he's going to have to wrap up this one a lot quicker this uh, than what he planned. But, um, yeah, I have a feeling there's going to be some kind of like joint iron-based comic from Marvel in the new year. Which leads me to, and I've come up with a little jingle for this, The Drop Zone. <clears throat> Drop Zone! So Drop Zone is where I talk about comics I'm dropping that I'm not reading anymore. And Iron Man is obviously now going to be in there. But I'm going to be stepping back from picking up, like, taking as many chances as I usually have. I'm not going to lie, it's my wallet. I have to be a bit more spendthrifty, especially with Christmas coming up. Um... I've got other stuff that I'm kind of saving for and other stuff I'm working on. So I just need to pull a bit of money back, which is a shame because like there's comics coming out like Strayed um, and other things. There's other independent comics I'm interested in, but I'm just not going to take the plunge with them. I'm going to wait till they come out on Strayed. So yeah, if you think, you know, I do try and make a nice mixture on here of independent comics like Dark Horse, um, Aftershock. Uh, DC Marvel but it might end up just being a bit Marvel and DC for a little bit then after Christmas I hope we're able hopefully sorry be able to take the plunge and I'll actually try and make a more concerted effort to make my uh, book of the month as it were uh, an image one or uh, you know a Titan books one or something like that so let's get into uh, actually speaking of by the way on the website I do a comic pick of the week uh, so I pick straight and stuff like that. And I update the comic books list. My God. the the I get my list from like a site where it has like tons of publication lists of all sorts of different books that are coming out. Not just comics, everything. I copy and paste just that. And then I get rid of, it shows all variants uh, and all stuff like that. And I chop it down and make it so it's a nice manageable what you actually want to fucking read, because I don't know why anyone would be interested in actually how many variants of Fantastic Four number one are coming out. I mean, I'm not saying no one, but certainly probably less than there are variants, I feel. 
Um, so I chop it down. Dead handy. If you've never checked it out before, go on the site, talknerdy.uk, have a look. It's fucking great. But the site I copied it off um, this week had, for some reason, missed out the A and R in everything. So every word was written without A and R in it. This sounds like, meh, not okay. So I just had to type A and R in every word. I did not realise how fucking important A and R are in comics. <laughs> oh my God. Like comic book titles, especially now. So for starters, anything with the word Marvel in, that was a, it had that. Star Wars. Absolute carnage, right? <laughs> Harley Quinn. This was, oh my God. And it was so, and of course, I've got to go through all these spins. There's like all these new Marvel books. Come out. Jesus fucking Christ. A and R. What else was that? Dark. Dark Horse. Dark Crystal. Fucking A and R, man. Do never take any of those letters for fucking granted. In fact, granted has R and A in. So don't take any of them for granted because... Yeah, fuck, A&R. Um, yeah, so let's get into some books. Oh, you know what? I'll jump on this immediately because this has also come to an end and is now technically in my drop zone, freeing up my wallet. Spider-Man Life Story by Chip Zdarsky. Chip is, I feel like, one of the busiest comic book writers of 2019. I feel like his finger is in a lot of sexy pies. Um... And I, honestly, I've loved this entire run. Um, I know people, like, I know Chris has, and me have been going on it on Chris's Comics Podcast, uh, by issue by issue. But for me, it's, I've been reading this in my head as a trade, just like, but in chapters. So I've not been as maybe judgmental, although I, I like to think that he's not as judgmental, he's not being really that judgmental. But, it's been the perfect, as it were, else world story of it, like encompassing every really major plot point of Spider-Man over the past like 60 years into one continuous like timeline where Peter Parker ages as well. Um, it was really quite heartwarming and very, it was just very Peter Parker very Spider-Man. I it was like the perfect ending. If if the if this is how been how they decided to end Spider-Man, that this this would have been the way. This should this like if they decided right we've we're no longer gonna write Spider-Man anymore. This this should be how it should have been should be signed off. Sorry, but yeah, I I can't get enough. I don't know anyone who's read this and not enjoyed it. Chip Zdarsky, amazing writing. The whole thing, Spider-Man life story. Go pick up the trade. It's just, it's such an emotional roller coaster, and I mean, it really helps. I wonder. I do wonder if you haven't, if you're not the biggest Spider-Man fan and haven't read a lot of the stuff and don't know a lot of his past stories, whether it'll have the same effect. That'd be interesting to know. If 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 you're like, if you've not read much older Spider-Man like any of the 90s or 80s stuff, or even the 70s, uh, or don't know any of the plot points, like Gwen, Stacy, and everything, and have read it, let me know and tell me how how you felt reading it. That'd be dead interesting. If you ever want to get in contact, by the way, it's talknerdyuk at gmail.com. 
I don't think I mentioned that enough. TalkNerdyUK at gmail.com. The trick to remember, by the way, is that UK means United Kingdom. It doesn't stand for anything else. Right? Some guy, some dude, who I'll remain, I'll leave them anonymous, emailed us to say, hey, we've got our iManager band from America. They would love to speak to you and Gaz uh, about nerdy things, whilst also, you know, on the back burner, promoting their new uh, EP slash album. I looked through it all. It was very well presented, very personalised as well. Not going to lie. Um, so I'm just going to have a little drink. Mm. Mm. Oh, that cold, man. So, yeah. He, uh, it was quite personalised to show that he hadn't just sent it out to everyone. You know, mentioning me and Gaz by name, saying about what they'd like to talk about, like Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. And I went to message him back. But felt he deserved like a proper message, not just like a quick one. Uh, and I haven't didn't get round to it. Um, um, I, I dropped the ball slightly, but I've been busy, man. I've been gigging. I have been performing gigs. I've been on a tour this month. Um, some people would say tour inverted commas because is it really a tour if you get to come home? I say yes. It's the twenty first century. I'm thirty two. It'd be weird if I toured and couldn't come home to sleep in my own fucking bed. That'd be pretty pathetic, actually. Um, if I didn't have some kind of bed or some way home. And I've also been going to gigs, seeing Goldfinger, Less Than Jake. Um, I'm seeing Black Flag next month. That'll be fucking sick. Um, so, yeah, I've been dead busy. It just passed me. And he messaged me again saying, hey, don't know if you read my last message, by the way, but I, I, they really want to talk to you. Uh, they, they really want to set up a meeting, like, on Skype or whatever. Can we do this, please? I went, you know what? He's eager. Yeah. So sat down, wrote him back. And uh, let me let me just take up what I wrote back because I think, like, um, considering how eager he was, I thought you know I'll be I'll be cool and just say it back. Uh, where am I? So I put sorry for the late reply. We've both been on holiday. Not completely untrue. You know, Gaz has been busy on you know being a dad, and I've been busy gigging. So I'm I'm not. I think that's perfectly within the realms of truth. Uh, we're always up for having guests on our podcasts. How would we do this? Skype? What's the time zone difference? Kind regards, JB. So he replies, Great, yes, we could set up a Skype interview with the band. Checking on their availability right now and we'll circle back to you. What time zone are you in? The band is currently in New York, which is Eastern time zone. So I replied, London time. What is the time difference? I have to see when both Gaz and I are free. To which he then replied, bear in mind, he sent like these big long like essays full of work and, and passion and joy. Like, we want to be on your podcast. And then just replied simply saying, just got word that due to logistics, the band is currently unavailable for an interview. We'll keep you posted if anything changes. Have a great weekend. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, it's the clue is in... The clue is in the email, isn't it? I mean, if you if you listen to the podcast, we're either Australian or British. Oh, you know, depending on your grasp of accents, we're definitely not in. A, we are definitely not American. We're definitely not in America. You know, otherwise we'd be with our friends uh, on uh, Nerdcore Underground. Who, if you don't if you don't know, I always mention them. 
Jay Leo and fucking Field Mouse, two of the funniest motherfuckers that Texas has. Tennessee. Do I always say t- it's Tennessee? It's its own thing. It's not Texas. Uh, in Tennessee, fun- funny as fuck. Always mention them. And if we lived in America, I'd be going to visit them like every fucking month. I fucking love them. Um, but <laughs> we are obviously in the UK. So this guy, I mean, I feel like I want to mention the band, hoping the band are listening. And I want to urge you to fire this fuck because how did he, he spent some time on this, getting an interview, working us, working, oiling us up, lubricating the uh, the pathway to talking to me and Gaz and putting you out there on a medium. And he, he hasn't once thought, can we actually do the interview? Like he hasn't once thought, UK probably means London. Yeah, not once. What a fucking moron. Um, same actually for, and these will go, uh, what would I call it? Yeah, I'll, I, you know what, I will. I'm going to keep these anonymous as well. Pick your battles, pick what bridges you've earned, that's what I say. Um, <laughs> so, a few people who listen to this might know this, so do not ever, do not put, I will never confirm who it is, but if, if you're listening, you'll know. Um, so some people message me saying, hey Jay, I've seen that, there's a certain uh, comic convention happening and they're advertising that they want someone on the social media side to push it and maybe even go there to review it. Thought of you, have a go, have a bash. So, oh, you know what, that is that is right down the street. I'll have a go. So I messaged them saying, hey, just seeing that you've put something out there to say that you're looking for some social media presence, um, someone to be the face on your Facebook page, for the Comic Con, and then to go there and kind of be like, again, a social media presence and to talk to people. I could be your guy. Here's what I do already. Here you go. So I did, I got a reply saying, yes, that is great. Uh, you definitely look like the right candidates. You know, felt like it had a bit of an Alan Sugar vibe. And, oh, brilliant, thank you. Um, and then they said, yeah, that'd be great. What we'd need you to do is we want you to post on an almost daily basis about the Comic-Con and just have a 10-minute video uploaded maybe once a week speaking about the Comic-Con. How do you feel about that? A 10-minute live stream, that was it. A live stream. So I said, yeah, but what do you want me to talk about? Because, like, think about it. It's just a Comic-Con. What do you... Before the Comic-Con... What do I talk about? What am I live streaming? So if they announce a guest, great. 10 minutes talking about a live guest. Uh, a guest, sorry, that they've had. Um, and interacting with people. What if it's a week where you don't announce anyone? What do I talk about? What do do I talk about other comic conventions? Because then am I not promoting other comic cons? What, what do I talk about? And they went, um, could you not talk about... We would want you to post... And essentially described what we do on our socials, so facebook.com slash talknerduk, instagram slash talknerduk, twitter slash talknerduk, talk about exactly what we do on there, oh, post about news, um, maybe some memes that you've been sent or you're aware of, um, and also about guests, um, and also on your live streams, you know, we just put it down to you to come up with content, but we'd need to vet it. So I messaged back saying, so what you're asking me to do is, what I do already for my medium, but give you 
the same content and you have no original content of your own that you want me that you are you're offering me you want me to come up with everything but you you yourself don't know what you want me to do you know what you don't want me to do because you've said you're vetting it said i need you need to give me details here and then they said they messaged me back in you know what we'll we'll ring him we'll talk about this what's your phone number <laughs> and message back going i'll happily give my phone number out um but can i just ask what number will be ringing me and what's their name so i know who's calling me so i'm not just giving my number out randomly and then they just stopped replying. <laughs> they just gave up. But it was just insane. Like, they have no... And as far as I've seen as well, it's coming up. They have. They still have no one running their social media. They are not doing this live stream thing. They literally had no idea. Nothing. At all. And they put it out there that they wanted someone... You, I wasn't going to get paid. You know, if anything, the price was... The payment was a guest list at the Comic-Con, but then that would be to work in itself. It is insane what some people will come up with and send you. I just, for anyone out there, like I've spoke about this before, people's ideas of how social media works and the internet is is baffling to me in this medium and insane. Just like on one of the other episodes when that cosplay fella got in touch and said, can you not use my photo? Even though that I was using his photo solely to promote his work. I was literally posting, reposting his work saying, look at this guy, check out his work. And he complained to me saying, you don't get to do that. It's like, fuck, people just have no fucking clue how, how the internet works. It's bizarre, absolutely bizarre. Anyway, rant again, that's the window. God, that was just comic number one. Um, number two, Iron Man uh, with Dan Sloss. I'm going to put this... Because now that I know it's ending, it's made me really, really think, actually, you know what, how much have I, I've enjoyed it. I've read some Iron Man in the past, but I've always had some complaints. Um, some have been with uh, how he's been drawn. Some have been with, like, the dialogue has been quite Iron Man by numbers. I think Dan Slott had to take on a lot here. He had to take on Iron Man after Civil War Two, where he essentially, fucking spoilers, he died. Um, and bring him back in a way that wasn't like... I mean, how many times has every character in the Marvel Universe died? He's interlaced a relationship with Wasp in, which is totally believable, by the way. Didn't feel forced or hacked on at all. And he's really done something like... He's, he's focused around AI, which is... I think that's the right topic. Machines, AI, the dystopian future, of which we could be... Ruled by them, seeing as it's literally Iron Man. Um, and, yeah, some really brutal shit happens in here. There's a mystery character. Oh, and that was hit the very end. Um, oh, I feel like, you know what? Screw it, because if you don't know already, and it's ending, and he's wrapping it up quickly, fuck it, but he's brought in fucking Hank Pym Ultron, which is genius. What? He's a... Hank Pym Ultron is not used enough. He's one of my favourite villains. Me and Chris have talked about how fucking great and how he stood out a mile in that um, Captain America becomes Hydra story arc. He was stood out a fucking mile because of how fucking weird and hilarious he is. And it makes sense to put him in this because Iron Man, Hank Pym, the Wasp, Hank Pym, Ultron, 
AI, Iron Man. It's just, it's the perfect blend. I was really looking forward to where this is going. But I think he's been cut off at issue 17. This is issue 15. So he's got two issues to wrap this up. I am actually really, I'm more, the more I think about it, the more gutted I am about how he's being stopped on that. So, Dan Slott, I, I believed in you. I believed in you. Um, we've done a couple of Marvel, so we'll do the one DC that I was impressed by, which was DC's Young Animal Collapser. So this is written by Mikey Way, uh, the bassist of My Chemical Romance, brother of Gerard Way, the singer of My Chemical Romance, who runs Young Animal and, you know, he gives the thumbs up on everything. He's doing Doom Patrol. Uh, but Mikey Way has been doing Collapser about... It's essentially the story of a DJ who wakes up with a black hole in his chest. That's the easiest way to put it. It's been... The first issue was quite... <coughs> about development. Um, the second issue has been... Oh, what did it remind me of? It reminds me of that fucking film with... Um, Samuel L. Jackson. Which that, that does not narrow it down at all. Um, where is it? Jumpers? It was Jumpers. I feel like it was Jumpers where... You could, like, pop into whatever part of the world you wanted to and pop back as long as you could see it, like, in a photo. So he can kind of, at the moment, do that, and he has no real control of it. It seems to go through dimensions as well. Um, he's, uh, but at the same time, they, we can't tell if it's... They, this is actually quite cool. It's quite trippy. Uh, we can't tell if it's drugs. It's very gore. It's trippy and drug gory, like... Hellboy, not too dislike, not too unlike Hellboy. It reminds me a bit of Moon Knight as well. I want to think about it. There's something really odd about about the whole thing, and how issue two ends is is brilliant. Um, it really, it's it's. It, I have no idea where this is going. I feel like that's that's like the underlying tone of any good book that on this podcast. I have no idea where it's going. It's just really well drawn. It seems to be quite an original idea, in my opinion. Um, I mean, if you really break it down, person gets power, responsibility, doesn't want, has to take on unnatural force. Doesn't sound that original, but I feel this is a very original way around it. And yeah, it, for a guy who's just you know a bassist in a band, he's really pulled something amazing out of a uh, out of his brain, and it turns out it's a chest with a black hole in it but yeah collapser if you're not reading that get on that uh, nice little surprise that one um right what else uh oh what order should i do these in they both have the same thing on the cover uh both winged horses with swords i will go with jane foster valkyrie so jane foster valkyrie i love I love this book. I love the art is some book called Cafu with the colour by Jesus Erbatov. It's beautiful, man. Like it's like if the Wicked and the Divine had a little bit more distinction and tone in the sense of what of what you can see. Not knocking the Wicked and Divine, just what it will be. Um, it is. I am only just a little bit. Not annoyed, but I guess I was just a little bit peeved that it's this run with Bullseye is over so quickly. He's not no big spoiler. He's out by the end of this issue, but it's going on to 
essentially it sounds like Valkyrie goes to hell, which sounds like, I don't know, sounds great, but I feel like I wouldn't have minded a bit more of a build-up. I would have liked Bullseye to somehow have just evaded her for longer, like, and just to give Bullseye some more credit, really, where credit's due. Um, but yeah, the, now they're going on a journey into mystery, and I'm really looking forward to it. It's just been good dialogue. Really, Jane Foster is still Jane Foster. Lady Thor, or Valkyrie, whatever helmet she's got on, she is still this, like, personality of... I don't know, just... it's She's fiery. She's fiery and so forceful, and just wants to do good. And, yeah, man, I just... I just fucking, I, I love it. I, I love everything about it. And I just get really annoyed that Thor can't be wrote the same. I, I've tried reading Thor and I just don't get it. Like, how, what, what the distinction is, why Thor comes across as boring and uh, over, you know, just too much going on. Whereas Valkyrie seems really cleverly woven, like the tapestries of which you would have had Nordic gods stories told. It's, it's, it's brilliant. I love it. Um, and finally, uh, Deadpool. Annual. This was straight out of nowhere. I, I'm still getting used to annuals. Um, I'm such a through and through guy. I have to read from issue one onwards. Like if the TV show comes on and it's five minutes in or two minutes in, I turn it off and wait for plus one or find another stream of it. I, I can't start not from the beginning it drives me insane so annuals always evaded me for a while because i just didn't get that that you could just pick one up and it had really nothing really to do with continuity in the grand scheme of things uh they've been doing something called acts of evil on all the uh marvel annuals where they just seem to have have someone go against a big villain i think moon knight's going against is it morpheus or something, I don't know, I vaguely remember. But in this, uh, Deadpool goes against Nightmare. And this was a real shock. It's very well written, extreme. I mean, it made me laugh my ass off. And that's a big thing for me on Deadpool, because I dropped Deadpool back in the day. Deadpool's had this weird thing where he got dead popular. He's had movies, and everyone's been, finally, Deadpool, mainstream media. And then it's like Marvel forgot how to write him. I, I have no idea why. I just was reading... Like, there was that run of Deadpool where it was like there was six people playing Deadpool, work, but they're not Deadpool, working on behalf of Deadpool, who turns out not to be Deadpool. And I was like, I'm where in this book is Deadpool? What, I, I want... Why is why was he not in this book? Why would you have, like, have the Batman book without any Batman in? No, it's not Batman. It's it's not. But this isn't Deadpool. And I think he was in the Avengers. Did he go in the Avengers or something, or East Coast Avengers or something like that? New Avengers. And he was pretty tame in that, like, because he couldn't swear or do anything. It it just seemed like they completely forgot. But the spark is back. He's he's genuinely funny in this, and it's genuinely hilarious. The whole story. I love the fact, like the kid. He answers this kid's letter because the kid's like, oh, I need help. I need the help of a hero. And he gets there and the kid's room is Walls of War Squirrel Girl. But he wrote to Deadpool as a last resort because Squirrel Girl never showed up. It's fucking hilarious. Absolutely love it. Um, meet some friends on the way. Uh, like 
the funniest line in the whole thing is when he asks, is Neil Gaiman going to sue us for this? That had me roaring. I put that on the uh, on the Undead Comic Cast Instagram, which I never plug on here, sorry. I have an Instagram for the Undead Comic Cast. It's just where I post about literally what I'm reading. If you want to just see what I'm reading as I'm reading it, I normally just put a funny panel or something relevant. I try to make it entertaining. I don't really see the point in anything less than trying to have a laugh and a bit of humour. But this was so well written, so well drawn. I mean, Nightmare seems to be like, not too unlike Loki, but him and Deadpool, in theory, I wouldn't have put together and would have thought they'd work or gelled. And I feel like he almost, they play on that. They play on the fact Nightmare just get, doesn't like Deadpool because he realise he can't really do anything with him. And Deadpool realises, like, doesn't find Nightmare that threatening. But it still ends up being a really good book. And it turns out the main villain isn't really Nightmare. It's something much, much darker. And, yeah, I really enjoyed all of this. And I, who wrote this, by the way? Dana, is it Dana Schwartz? Dana Schwartz wrote this. Come back, Dana. If you're not already writing Deadpool... Come back and write Deadpool. Um, after this, I'm going to check if she is. And if she is, I'm going to read the back catalogue because she really wrote Deadpool, what he would say, what he would do, how he would feel really fucking well. Um, so now we get to the big flaming turd on top of your dessert. <sighs> my book of the month. I normally don't... I talk about my book of the month... Like, it's not one I always recommend. Sometimes I'm critical, sometimes I'm not. This one I'm definitely being critical of. Um, I also normally don't spoil it, but I'm definitely going to do it because I've been... This has been fucking, like, actual work, man, to read. Like, this almost put me off comics, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I just dreaded, dreaded walking over and picking this up. Um, I think it comes from a mixture of things. One... The, I was excited to read this. I was looking forward to it too. Um, it was Dan Slott uh, who wrote this, which I... Is it Dan Slott? I want to check that. Yeah, um, Dan Slott wrote this, which I, I like Dan Slott's initial run of uh, Spider-Man, even the Iron Man Spider-Man. Um, and yeah, it, but it just... Oh, and who, who was uh, drawing it? It was... It's someone I... Is it Stefano Caselli? Is that his name? Uh, he drew on it. And... Oh, no, hold on. Is it Alberto Ramos? It might be... It's Alberto Ramos. Yeah, it is. It's him and uh, Stefano Caselli. They... They. I like how they draw as well. I like their art. It's very... It's the most modern comic booky looking stuff. Uh, I really enjoy it. So there was loads of reasons why I should like should have loved this. It was fucking painful, man. Like I mean, we'll just get straight into it. For starters, the story is a crock of shit. Like I thought if if you said to me, Spider Island, what does that conjure up? I would have said something along the lines of if I had to if I had to make it up, I would have said Spider Man gets trapped on Something like Alcatraz, with a bunch of criminals. Like, that's where all the criminals are being kept. Like, some of his deadliest foes. 
and he gets trapped on there. It turns out to be, uh, he goes there like to just do, I don't know, almost like, is it that Arkham game? There's an Arkham Asylum game where Batman goes to knock the, put the Joker in, but it turns out it, it's a trap. And um, it's just then Batman versus all his foes trying to work his way out of Arkham. Kind of like that, but with Spider-Man. And I would have put, the reason you call it Spider Island is because they would have had like either the Spider, what do they call them, the Spider Killers, um, the Spider Army, whatever J. Jonah Jameson's like patented robotic spider killing uh, armor is. I would have thought, you know, they, they've all got that or there's a load of them in just there's there's more potential there but no what it is is fucking jackal jackal it's a jackal 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 one of the more vague spider-man villains i i don't really get he's just he's just a green furry man who he has the ability to come up with genetically modified things chooses to turn everyone in the world starting with new york into a spider for the sake of a woman who's gone mad with power who also wants to be she wants to live her life as a giant spider ruling the spiders and it begins with everyone getting spider-man's powers and some people using them for good some for the evil so what does what events happen from this? So the Avengers come out to fucking... God, I hate this. The Avengers come out to save the day and send Spider-Man home because they can't tell which one he is. So the first chapter, the first act, is everyone's got Spider-Man powers, which means no one's spe- Spider-Man's not special anymore. He's, he's not got anything going for him. So much so that the Avengers send him home and he's just sat doing nothing. How is that interesting? How is that at all interesting whatsoever? The second act is people start mutating and turning into actual spiders. Now it's just fucking ridiculous. People are turning into actual spiders. And then the final act is, yeah, the giant fucking spider. Um, I really hate uh, Yeah, it's just... I didn't... I didn't get it. I just didn't understand where how they, they thought this would be entertaining. Like, I thought at the end as well, like, all the superheroes... I mean, oh, I thought all the superheroes would get Spider-Man powers. And then you'd see, like, I don't know, um, the Hulk, but with, you know, shooting shooting webs but then pulling down an entire fucking building, you know, onto people and stuff like that. I thought they would do that. No... No, none of the Avengers ever get spider powers. The ones that do, you only find... You find out... Oh, sorry. Some of them do get spider powers. Um, but you don't find out about that because what hap- you only find out about that after uh, they get returned from being turned into a spider. So when they somehow manage to magically turn everyone back from being in spiders into humans, you see, like, Hawkeye just stood there uh, with Hercules. Uh, perfectly fine. No, nothing left over at all. Apparently, the the anti venom was a perfect way to change people back. Uh, oh, and they're all hilariously naked. Oh, everyone's naked, isn't it funny? It's. Oh. I just, I mean, what's the thing? With, the recommendation on the back says, 
This is a big fun book that is filled with raucous action, exciting characters and energetic art. Where are the exciting characters? Let's go through some of these exciting characters. First you've got Spider-Man. Uh, he, he can't do anything. Peter Parker is more or less useless in this. So that's not interesting at all. Second one. Um, all of Spider-Man's villains aren't in this. You've got just the Jackal, who's boring as fuck. And for some reason, he knows Peter Parker's um, DNA. Like, he knows Spider-Man's Peter Parker and has chosen to do with this information. I'll just make his life a nightmare by making everyone into spiders. You could literally ruin his life. You could... He's, he's, he's actively made a wizard cast a spell by this point to remove the knowledge of his existence that he his identity is spider-man because it ruined his life you know that identity you could come forward and prove it thus ruining his life but no giant spider world is what you've gone for um the next madam web fuck madam web all the way through this the web of life oh the web of life I, she was completely pointless other than to act like fucking septic peg. Just stood there giving a gung-ho little gypsy knowledge every so often. Which meant absolutely fucking nothing. If you took me, fucking mystic Madame Web out of this, it would have made no fucking difference. At whatsoever. Honestly, pull every page out she's on, it makes no difference. So there's that. Next. Um, oh, his boring-ass girlfriend. So at this point, he's not with uh, Mary Jane, the interesting uh, Mary Jane. She's He's with Carly. And uh, Carly's a detective who seems to have... Um, she's fun and spunky and wants to just go headfirst into things without thinking about things, except she can handle herself. Um... Didn't like it at all. Thought she was annoying. Didn't think Peter Parker would be with someone like that. Someone is, um, you know, what's the word? Care, uh, carefree. He likes someone who he likes someone who's a little bit risky to his to cut off his nerdier side, but not someone who would just fling themselves into actual danger because then it would completely go against. Like I think she's a she's a detective, so someone in the police force as well. Bizarre. I just don't think he, it, it wasn't believable. I didn't get any chemistry off them whatsoever. There was about as much chemistry between them as there was between me and this book. Next. Um, what else was there? Who else appeared? Oh, yeah. Randomly didn't... Where is he? Hob, uh, Hobgoblin or Green Goblin randomly. Did he appear for a bit? And then he just... Yeah, Green Goblin appeared for a short while and then he fucked off. Um, but it wasn't even Green Goblin in the, in the end. Um, yeah, it was, it was the other one, the one with the fiery sword. What's his name? Oh, actually, well, that's the thing. I, it was very forgettable on that regard. Next, um, the dialogue, the dialogue was just awful. Peter didn't really say anything that funny. Um, I'm not saying he has to, but it's not that it's very un Peter to do things. Um, the dialogue between other characters, considering Dan Slott chose to put, like, the full list of Marvel heroes in there, uh, like X-Men, Fantastic Four, Cloak and Dagger, The Defenders, Iron Man, 
the rest of the Avengers, they really spoke paint by numbers stuff. Nothing that interesting at all. Um, the the cuts to Venom were maybe the most interesting it got. The Venom side of it was quite good. If anything, that was but that was just drawn really bad. I didn't like how it was drawn at all. Um, and what was the other thing? There was something else as well, which really, really irked me. Um, oh, there's just a random characters just appeared with which there was no explanation. So the anti venom appears to cure people, but it's never really explained why he just appeared. He just did. Um, Captain America is made into a spider. You find this out one of the spiders is actually Captain America. Um, again, never said how they got Captain America and made him into a spider. He just, oh, we, we got him long ago. He's a spider now. It was just, I mean, I, I imagine this must be hard for you guys to listen to because I'm so unenthused by this entire comic. I would honestly recommend you do the only thing it deserves to do if you've seen john wick 3 there's a bit where he kills a guy of a book that's maybe the best use that this has to kill like where is that line that one line so there's a bit right where the spider queen or whatever the fuck she's called the queen starts beating the shit out of venom and she he, she fights back and says things um where is it she starts to act like it's a date oh hilarious her kicking his ass is a date and she says things... I'm going to read this. I haven't had such a nice date since forever. Still, I wage war on your country. Took over New York. Is it crazy that I'm a tad offended you were all they could muster, soldier? Then she blows away all the venom off of venom and goes, There, look at that handsome, handsome face. Still a smidgen too impudent. And starts, like, like kicking the shit out of him. Better. Humble. So much sexier this way, soldier. There's inter some intimacy to taking a life. To be the last face a man will ever see. The closest bond two people can ever share. It's arousing. This gets me purring. Gets me revved up more than taking over the entire city did. To mount you. To dominate you. To be the last woman you'll ever touch. And then all of a sudden you see at the bottom of it, it says, Don't mean to interrupt, Queen. Central Park has rules about public fornication. Captain America there. Classic Captain America. And we've got a fight... We've got a fight to finish. Um, it's just so bizarre. I don't know what they were thinking when they greenlit this. I don't know what they were thinking when... They, I mean, it, what's really sad as well is at the very end, there's like a little bit where... Um, like, it shows all Dan Slot's interviews with Dan Slot and the way, you know, the build-up to it, saying how excited he was. You can't wait to welcome you to Spider Island. It's going to be crazy... Um, he even said, it ain't Shakespeare, just shut up and have fun. Yeah, it fucking ain't. It really fucking ain't Shakespeare, mate. Um, it's like he knew. It's like he knew this is stupid. But it's not even like, he said shut up and have fun. It wasn't even fun. It was just stupid. Hated it. Every I love Spider-Man. I love just leaving my brain at the door sometimes. But this was genuinely fucking annoying. Um, and what was the... Oh, and that, there was a weird bit at the end where, for some reason, Spider-Man doesn't get much credit. In, in fact, everyone credits the anti-venom. And then it's just like, the idea is at the end that the, the city secretly thanks him with some lights, blue and red lights, and that's a secret thank you. And Peter's like, oh, they do like me. 
No! He clearly saved the fucking day in the end by doing some weird-ass thing. Um, oh, hated it. Never want to revisit again. I genuinely might even sell it. Like, I, I don't know if I'll get much for it now, because if anyone's listened to this, they know I would take a fucking pound for it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, stay away from that book. If you like Spider-Man, if you like Dan Slott, th that is just not right. I don't know what they were thinking. Um, if you've read it, what did you think? Let me know. Am I overreacting here? But, yeah, it gets a zero from me, that, I'm afraid. Um, don't forget to email us at talkmurdyuk at gmail.com. London time. UK. Very much in Britain. In Europe. At least till the 31st of October. Okay? Um... Check out www.talknerdy.uk. Uh, we're gonna got some fun stuff coming up tomorrow. I'm gonna go podcast with Gaz. I'm gonna do uh, the View Ask You podcast, which I'm gonna hopefully release both these podcasts on the same day. Double podcast for October to make up for the slow September that has been. Um, also, check out our friends, uh, associates of the culture. That we have, the little gang we have. So you've got the Nerd Cult Underground over in Tennessee. Uh, you can find them along with on LeoLegacy.com where they have merch and all sorts of cool shit. And then you've got Chris's Comics Podcast, which is a co podcast about comics with Chris. Uh, where he talks about what, same as I do, uh, except I don't feel like there's too much digression. Although we do have the hashtag I digress that I feature on a lot. But we talk about all these comics, but full spoiler i try not to spoil on here as you've noticed but we just go into full spoiler so if you're reading a lot go listen to that um but be aware you may at some point go ah la 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 and have to turn it off um i've been jb this has been the undead comic cast and why is it called the undead comic cast i hear you cry <laughs>